she's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Live, Love, Thrive. So happy to have you join us today and our very special guest. She is a trailblazing attorney that's looking, serving up justice for women. So happy to have on Lisa Bloom. Thank Please. you so much for having me. Yes, Catherine. you bet. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm honored to be here. Um, you know, um, uh, maybe a lot of people don't know, a lot of people do, that uh, you're the daughter of Gloria Allred. I am? Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. You know who what? Knew? That's who that woman you is. You didn't even know. Yes. I, that is my mother. That, she yes. is my hero, my yes. shero, yeah. who has inspired me all of my life. Yeah, that's some tall shoes. It, it is. It and, is. And, you know, but you're my... filling them. I will say you are filling them. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. I try every day. And you should know that my adult daughter, Sarah Bloom, is an attorney in my law firm helping yes. me fight for justice. You mentioned that. So I love that it's, it's just like in y'all's DNA. And my son is about to go to law school. So oh, we're, fantastic. we're spawning them as fast as we can, Catherine. I love that. And you know, we were talking about you were born in Philadelphia, but uh, moved here when you were like five to Los five Angeles. Five years old as a baby. My mom was a single mom at that time. A single mom. And it's so interesting. Uh, a great majority of the women I have on this show are from single moms. Isn't that and something? I always say... I think that uh, it it breeds a resilience yes, and, and an independence. Independence, exactly. And I mm-hmm. raised my kids mostly as a single mom. Oh, really? And they had to learn to do things on their own yes. and get around and figure things out. I couldn't solve all their problems for them. I think actually it's very healthy in a lot of ways. And you know... There was nobody there to tell me I was doing it wrong, so I got to do it my way. Yes. You know, there are advantages to being a, as a single mom, and sometimes they would go to dads, and I would get a break. Yes. Moms need a break. Yes. So that was a good thing. Yes. Well, so uh, growing up with Gloria, that should be, yeah. it sounds like, <laughs> it sounds a, like a book, a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, had to be interesting, and, um, you know, I, I know she's such a trailblazer, but you are you are just following in those footsteps, and you have done and are doing incredible work in Thank the you. world. And um, as any public person, you know everybody gets scrutiny, and yes. nobody's perfect. You know, I will say I had on um, uh, um, last week uh, Robin mm-hmm. Tyler, and Dear uh, friend. yes, a lifelong friend, yes, and she called you an Earth Angel. I don't know if you know this, but I didn't she wrote to me and said that. Aww. And I would say um, a controversial earth angel, <laughs> well, <laughs> which right is now, really the best kind to be. You know, um, I, most of my career, I have not been controversial. Right. Uh, well, or I was controversial in a different way. You know, the right always came at me because I would be suing people for sexual assault or race discrimination. Right, and so right. Fox News always came after me and the right came after me. And You've gotta have now thick the left skin. comes after me. You've uh, got to have thick skin. Uh, you know, I try. Yeah. I, I am a human being. Yes. Things do sometimes get to me Mm -hmm. but it to me it's all about my clients and Mm -hmm. the cases that we fight for right and I you have fought for so many so here here, here's the way I look at it I signed up for this yes I went to law school I chose to be a lawyer I chose to do high profile cases I chose to go after the Bill Cosby's of the world and the Bill O'Reilly's of the world and the Steve Wins and Trey Songs and all these people and Jeffrey Epstein and Jeffrey Epstein now right and I get I knew I would get a certain amount of blowback. My clients didn't, right? They find themselves in a place and time, and then they're a victim of discrimination, harassment, or abuse. Right. And sometimes they're in the media. And it's a thousand times harder for them right. than 
it is for me because they are surprised and shocked. They yes. didn't intend, they were intending to be a makeup artist or a salesperson or an assistant or whatever their job was. Right. And then they found themselves in this situation and they had to decide, am I going to stand up or not? Right. I already made that decision. You right. know what I mean? Right. So there's, there's no time for me to feel sorry for myself. If people come after me, they're going to come after me. I just got to keep on marching forward. And, you know, I'll tell you something else is the one thing that I have done differently than really any other high profile lawyer that I know of is... I admit my mistakes, right? And I apologize for them, yes. Because that's what I taught my kids. And I saw kids. that you did that. Uh, I've read in the media where you know you felt you made a mistake and you apologized for it and said, "Hey, I made a mistake." Yeah. And so we that's are all, all any humans. of us can do. And I say anybody throwing stones, I'm sure they've made a few mistakes in their life. I mean, if they're you know, human, people do. They probably did. Yeah. You know. I, but I'd say I think all the good you are doing outweighs any mistakes. Well, and you are you. defending so many women and have for so many years and won huge cases for them. Let's talk about Janice Dickinson. I just saw her the other day at Chateau Marmont. Oh, and, you did? Yeah, and I and I know that uh, you helped her with the Bill Thank Cosby case. Yes, so yeah. Janice Dickinson, uh, in 2014, I saw her do an interview. She was one of the first women to come out publicly mm -hmm. and certainly the most famous one at that time to come, to come out publicly and yeah. say, yeah. Cosby raped me. Wow. And it had happened in 1982, so I thought about it as a lawyer. Could she sue him for this? No, it's time barred, meaning the time deadline has long passed. Mm -hmm. Too bad. And then I saw the next day that Cosby, through his attorney, called her a liar. And I thought, aha, now she might have a claim. She might have a defamation oh, claim. Wow. There's a one-year time deadline from the time somebody defames you. So I went oh on God, CNN. You are so smart. That is awesome. Thank you. I went on CNN, and I said... I think Janice Dickinson has a defamation case against Bill Cosby. I hope she calls me. I didn't know her. Oh, my gosh. And I love this story. And she did call me. Wow. We investigated it very thoroughly. I knew it would be a big fight against Bill Cosby. We filed a lawsuit. We fought it for four years, mm -hmm. hundreds if not thousands of attorney hours in my firm fighting this guy, up and down on appeal, up to the U.S. Supreme Court, and we kept winning, winning, winning. They kept appealing, appealing, appealing. Right. Finally, we got a huge victory for her. I'm not that. allowed to say the dollar amount, but I am allowed to say it was an epic settlement. It wow. is life-changing. That is fantastic. And it's huge. And we won two reported appeals, which mean that other rape victims in California are helped by those decisions, which finally that if you call a rape victim a liar, that can be defamation. Mm -hmm. If you set your attorney to do it up for you, you're still responsible for what your attorney says publicly about a victim. So that was a wonderful victory. Wow. Janice stood like strong. Like I said, you're a trailblazer. Thank you. And she got yeah. stronger, you know, yeah. every year too. At first she was really afraid like all my clients are. Right. But she got stronger each year. Mm -hmm. She went and testified in his criminal trial. I helped mm -hmm. her with that. She got up there in the stand. She was brilliant. I was so proud of her. Let's talk about some of your other cases. There was China. Uh, Black China, so I was very proud to represent her against Rob Kardashian, who was the father, still is the father of her baby, in a revenge porn case. Mm -hmm. So he had posted um, obscene photos of her that were meant oh to gosh. be private photos. Wow. And, you know, a lot of ugly language about her, accusing her of cheating on him, et cetera, even though they had already been broken up at that point, and she's free to date whoever she wanted to. So we went in immediately, got restraining orders. You know, one of the things and you I won that case. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. well, actually, part of it's still in litigation, but we we won in the sense that we got the restraining orders immediately, and I've been able to get California courts three times to find that revenge porn is a form of domestic abuse. Right? Mm -hmm. it's, domestic abuse isn't just hitting somebody, insulting somebody anymore. A lot of it is done online. 
insulting people, humiliating them. And revenge porn is a horrible thing where girls have killed themselves over, you know, naked photos being posted. It's a very serious thing. My daughter did her law school uh, note, uh, which is a big published paper you do, about revenge porn. So she actually taught me a lot about revenge porn. And we've been proud to get courts to say, yes, it's a form of domestic abuse, which means they can act very quickly. Now, see, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because there could be listeners out there that are victims of that Mm -hmm. and maybe didn't know that they could get a lawsuit right. in order because yes. of that. So And you can go in that. and get a temporary restraining order even right. without a lawyer, wow. without any charge. Just go in and explain it to the judge. Bring all of your evidence. Uh, go in and get it taken care of and that will block them wow. from posting it. Mm-hmm. That will require them to take it down and if they do it again, they can go to jail. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, okay. very important. Good information. Thank you. Um, I know there's just so many caveats to this whole thing of... Uh, the Me Too movement and and the abuse of women, and you just Mm. talk about two different forms of it. And then um, there's some other high-profile cases that you've worked on. Uh, I know we have some photos. Um, Do you want me to talk about my transgender case? Yes, I do. So that's one I'm also very proud of. So I represent here in Los Angeles three transgender women and a gay man. They went to a local bar on the day of downtown L.A. Pride after they had all day uh, been doing work in the Hispanic LGBT community. Celebrating uh, the goodness of Celebrating how great it is and letting people know about their rights and how they can get health care, which is a nonprofit they work with. And they were at a bar just sitting there minding their own business, and a male female came up and started harassing them using very ugly language, saying to the transgender women that they're men and that it's he and misgendering them, which is very offensive, and um, threatening them and threatening to go get a gun and shoot them. So they went up and reported this to to security. Mm -hmm. Security removed them, which was the right thing to do. And then security came back and told them they had to leave. And they said, well, why do we have to leave? We didn't do anything wrong. We're just sitting here trying to have a drink after Pride. And security insisted that they leave. One of them, thank goodness, made a video and physically dragged them out threw them down a couple of steps. Um, They got some physical injuries. But, you know, emotionally, like, is this not the 1950s when LGBT people are getting kicked out of bars just for being themselves? So we had a press conference, um, and we are demanding justice for them. And part of the justice that we're demanding is LGBTQ training, which I've gotten other companies to do as well Mm -hmm. as part of a settlement. Because our cases aren't just about getting compensation, although I think that is important for victims. It's about making change and enlightening people. So so let's see the training, you know, especially with trans issues. A lot of people are just very ignorant. Mm -hmm. So we need to be educating. We need to have a big education. And I do believe it's film and television that really changes culture. And I'm glad there's so many new trans shows out there um, that are helping to desensitize people about what it means to be born and feel like you're a different sex and that it's not a big deal. It's something that should be embraced and Mm. it's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that there's more and more positive programming out there about it. But yeah. um, And these people are so brave. All of the, you know, mm non-binary people and trans people, like what did the gender binary ever do for me? Frankly, you know, the sooner we get rid of it, the better. The sooner I saw that there is an actor who's trying to get rid of the male, female categories for the Oscars and the Emmys and like, and um, it's the non-binary actor from Billions. I don't recall their name, but they were saying, you know, we don't sort people based on eye color or skin color or age. Why are we still sorting people by gender? I thought that was a great point. I agree. Now, your background is you you went to um, 
was it Harvard? Uh, Yale Law School. Y- Yale. Please. Okay. Yale. That's oops, our rival. Oops, oops, Yale. <laughs> Yale. And then you were part of a debate team, right? Yeah, you when know? I was in college, um, yes. I was on the debate team at UCLA, and we were the national champions. UCLA, then Yale. Right. I knew, I knew there was yes. another school in there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, two great schools, Thank by the you. way. Thank well, you. Well, at um, UCLA, I was, Harvard, I was yeah. <laughs> well, Yale is the number one law school in the country. <laughs> UCLA, I was all about debate with my team. We traveled all over the country. Yeah. We researched until the middle of the night. We worked really hard and we won the national championship my junior year out of hundreds of schools it was wow. very exciting that and i was the awesome. top debater oh my God. so that will always surprised. be something that um, really meant a lot to me because yeah. we worked so hard yeah. you know did you know so have you known from a young age that you wanted to be in uh, be an attorney no no, in, no. Oh. In fact, the opposite. So my mother went to law school yeah. when I was in middle school, and oh. she worked really hard. Yeah. And I saw how hard she worked, and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's not going to be that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Surprise. when I was in college, I volunteered at a battered women's shelter called Sojourn in Santa Monica, and I worked with the kids of battered women. And it was very meaningful work to me. And I mm-hmm. thought, you know, maybe I will be a social worker. Mm-hmm. And my mom said, you know, social workers are wonderful, but you need to be a lawyer. That's what you're cut out to do. Right. You were the national champion debater. Yes. So she said, you know, just take the LSAT. It doesn't have to mean anything. Mm-hmm. So I took it. I did very well. And then she said, okay, well, just apply to law schools. It doesn't have to mean anything. Oh, that's it. And I said, smart. okay, I applied. And then I got into Harvard and Yale and all the rest. And then she said, well, just go see them, right? It's so funny. So she suckered me into it. But I'm glad you did, Mom. I'm very glad. 33 years later. Yeah. I'm very glad. And all the women that you've helped. Well, you know. thank you. Well, we have, it- if I may just brag for one moment, sure. like any business owner would, you know, I now own and manage probably the largest civil rights law firm in the country. So we just opened our third office. We are going on 20 lawyers, and um, we fight cases all over the country. So people think it's just me. I was going to say, and people think you only do high-profile cases, but let's say someone's listening and they're in a in a situation, a Me Too situation that right. is a legitimate lawsuit, right. they could contact the Absolutely. Bloom firm because you have a staff of attorneys yes. that are all fighting for justice. Yes, and so I don't yeah. want to take all the credit. I will take the blame when there's mistakes, but I don't want to take all the credit because I don't do everything, and nor could I. So I have a wonderful team of attorneys, paralegals, assistants, etc., and um as I said, we do cases all over the country, and probably 98% of our cases are not celebrity cases. They're just ordinary people. Mm-hmm. That's who we really, frankly, are most passionate about. Mm-hmm. So I had a case. This is the Chastity Jones case, and I think we have a picture. I had a case earlier this year. Chastity Jones was a salesperson at a local entertainment company owned mm-hmm. by a guy named Alki David, a billionaire, and she accused him of sexual harassment. We fought her case for two and a half years. We got to trial. I was lead counsel at trial. We fought very hard for her, and we won a groundbreaking verdict of $11 million for her. Since then, the judge has added to it, uh, so now we're up at about over $12 million. And that's one of the largest verdicts for a sexual harassment plaintiff in single in California history. Uh, I had a second trial against him, and another woman ended in a hung jury, so we're going to have to retry it. So do you think I also winning, try cases, and a lot of lawyers don't do that. Do you think winning all these cases and all this, uh, uh, the money for these uh, uh, people, do you think it's going to help deter the sexual harassment? I, you know, I hope so. Yeah, because I hope so, too. I'm just wondering. that's the whole idea of the law, right? That's right. the whole idea is if you don't yeah. do the right thing in the first place, right. 
well, maybe paying a lot of money will deter you, right? Yes. Maybe that will wake you up. Most, I hope so. Most business owners yeah. uh, care about their bottom line, right? Yes. So if that's going to affect them. And, you know, we do a lot of private settlements, but then we do a lot of things publicly as well. And I think, listen, each victim who stands up is really doing something important, not only for herself, but for everybody else. And I, I always tell I my clients, you. you are helping so many people who you will never right, know about. Right. Chastity Jones, God bless her, was so brave. She was on the stand for three days, I think, long cross-examination, and she was just steely, and she got through it. I mean, she walked through the fire. God bless her, and I think she's going to help and inspire so many other women. Yeah, I have a dear friend that uh, helped put their perp away. Uh, it was a oh. stepfather, and oh, uh, wow. and I just so admire uh, that she did that because so few people do step right. up. I know more and more are, yeah. thanks to people like you attracting people to know that they mm. have advocates out there. But you know, in the past, a lot has gone you know, un, yeah. unjust. And, well, and a lot still does. And, and a lot a still does. Yes, and, we do. And also, you know, I salute those who are in the shadows who are not ready to come out and who are still afraid because I understand that fear. I was, I've spoken about this before a little bit. I was sexually abused as a child. I was sexually harassed as a, in a job as an adult. You know, I didn't take to the rooftops and talk about it. It there is a process that you have to go through. You have to get to a certain age. Right. You have to have support around you. You have to feel comfortable. Our culture has changed a lot where people are talking about this now. And I, yes. I don't know how old you are, but I'm 58, and oh, I can remember me. when nobody talked about this. Believe me, it I've was, had a lot of people come out on my show talking about sexual yeah. harassment for the first time. Wow. And I say, wow, if I did this podcast even five years ago, nobody would have ever talked right. about it. So it always exactly. amazes me. And I know that when people do finally talk publicly, it puts it out in the light and takes a big weight off of them. Yes, I think so that's I'm right. So I'm happy to provide that platform. Mm. And I'm happy that you shared that because I always say whatever p challenges people have gone through in life mm -hmm. tends to be something about their life's purpose. Mm. And there it is perfectly yeah. for you, as awful as I'm sure that was, yeah. look how it probably drove you to say, I'm going to help women in this situation. Well, it did. And yeah. I also think I'm in a place where I really can help. Listen, I sit with my clients every day and they're in tears and they're afraid. And I understand because I have been there. Can I ask you something? Sure. Is it hard to sleep at night? Because I mean, for me, I am so sensitive. I would be like, I couldn't sleep if I heard these people's stories and then I had to go and fight it. And I mean, mm. that's got to take yeah. a lot of energy and uh, emotion to so, take that in because so, I know you, yes. you care about them. Um, yeah. Yes, of course I care about them. But we, we also take them from victim to victor. So we, yes. they become very empowered. Yes. And by the end of the process, they sit taller. They walk a little more confidently. Oh, uh, you know, they... And if we get them a substantial amount of money, which we often do, then they change their lives always in very positive ways. They go back to school. Yeah. You know, they pay off their debt. It empowers they them Empowers them the, to do their life They take purpose. the classes they always wanted to take to change yeah. careers. You right. know, one, one of my clients said, I'm going to go to law school now and be a women's rights attorney like you, Lisa. And I thought, oh, that's very sweet. You know, I'm sure that's not really going to happen. Well, two years later, she's halfway through law school. She's emailing oh me. God. Can she come intern at my firm? Oh, my God. Answer, yes. Fabulous. Yes, you can. I would love to have you, right? Oh, so, I love that so story. So people's yeah. lives change. And I, and I also want people to know there's hope. And I often say to my clients when they're in that really dark place that 
you know, look at me. Mm -hmm. I survived this. I have a great life. I'm fine. Even when people come after me with negativity, I'm fine. And I'm going to keep on charging forward. So that can be you. Like, I'm a living example of what is possible. And, you you know, when I was a depressed teenager, I wish somebody had said that to me, you Mm -hmm. know, like it gets better. The It's Gets Better campaign for LGBT youth. You know, it gets better for sexual abuse survivors. It it really does. And then on a a lighter note, I just want to share that you uh, also are extraordinary in having walked the Appalachian Trail and and climbed uh, Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro. And I mean... You know, it's nice to see that you have that balance in your life. So many women that are working so hard don't. And I think it's crucial to our well-being. We can only be giving back and paying it forward if we have the energy to do so. So to me. gosh knows you have energy. (laughs) So to me, it's. um, If you're on that Appalachian Trail, my friend just uh, walked that. Jane McCord. uh, The whole thing? Yeah, the whole thing. Okay, so I didn't do the whole thing on the Appalachian Trail. I've done segments of it. I did go up Kilimanjaro. I have done the Annapurna Circuit in Nepal, which is an 11-day trek and fairly challenging, and the Inca Trail in Peru. So, What makes you want to do that? Like, Because I, I love it. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. It's To me, what's the most therapeutic is the mountains and fresh air and walking and also animals. So I'm an, mm-hmm. also an animal rights activist, longtime vegetarian and vegan. Oh, fantastic. And working to get laws changed in California to protect animals. We, we've had some great progress there. I just went in Taiwan to Taiwan and spoke there to wow. a bunch of Asian animal rights activists. So Listen, you are I need, an earth angel. <laughs> yeah. I do need to take a break and yes. go out in the mountains. Everybody that, that, does. I think it was John Muir yeah. who said the mountains are calling and I must go. And that's how I feel. Like yes. that's that without that, I don't know what I would be. Right. I love the right. mountains. Right. I live in the hills. I live among coyotes and rattlesnakes and owls and bunnies hopping around and t- it's wonderful. So um <laughs> So you're a big animal rights advocate as well as a human rights advocate. I love that. Um, Is there something uh, that we don't know about you that you might share with us today? Oh, my goodness. Um, I love to play Lexulus, which is like Scrabble on steroids. Oh, that's another kind of stressful. Is that a game on the phone? It's a game you can play on your phone. Yeah. And I, you know, when I'm having some stress, I will go and it's a great stress reliever. Yeah. Is it like that? My wife loves that crossword puzzle thing. I, I like crosswords, but yeah. Lexulus is my thing. If I'm on a conference call and it gets boring, yeah. I might, I might play. <laughs> Uh-oh, now the people on the other end are going to know. I love Whoops. I giving that away. On hold, waiting for the judge on oh, a court good save. call. You know what? I The way I, my husband teases me, but I, you know, it, it's a stress relief. It's free. Yeah. You know, it's not alcohol or drugs. Like, yeah. don't take that away from me. Yes. <laughs> so what what is it that you have left to do that you haven't done yet? Uh, um, definitely more uh, animal activism. So uh, I work with a group called Social Compassion and Legislation, and we've been getting great laws passed in California. Uh, for example, mandating vegan options in prisons, schools, uh, public buildings, so that people can have that option, which mm-hmm. is much healthier for them and better for the planet and better for the animals. A lot of kids have asked for vegan options in schools. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very important because a lot of kids naturally bond with animals and they don't want to eat animals. And they might even have supportive parents. Mm-hmm. But then they go to school and there's nothing for them to eat and they mm-hmm. kind of give up. So I think they yes. should have that option. Yes. Um, I, I love that, that they have right? the option. Yeah. You know, uh, I have this uh, program we're producing called She Angels. And it's like uh, women uh, entrepreneurs uh, mm-hmm. and, and we uh, try to get funding for them. And uh, one that submitted 
it was um, she was a homeless woman who started a vegan hot dog cart, and now she has like this little I successful love it. business. I love and it. And she's like, why can't homeless people eat healthy yes. too? So I and, love that. Yeah, when that I was great? in law school, I volunteered at a soup kitchen that was all vegetarian, oh, and wow. we gave out the food. To, there was an old converted school bus. I remember it vividly with this big vats of vegan chili. We would be stirring and gave it to them and. Um, and they loved. Most people really like vegetarian and vegan food when they try it. It's just if you make good food, yes, whatever it is, yes, people like it. People think, oh, I don't like vegan, but then you make something good. They well, like, like I love the new Impossible Burgers. Th those are really good, you know. And I never thought I would eat that. Like I like a burger, yeah, but the Impossible Burger to me tastes the same as a burger. I'm yeah. thinking, okay, if I can eat uh -huh. that instead, it's uh -huh. better for me. It's better for the planet. It's thank obviously you. better for the cows. So bless and you. Yes, yes. Yeah. Thank so you. I'm and, trying to shift over. And, into and, you know, that's thinking. really, you don't have to be perfect, right? Yeah. The perfect should not be the enemy of the good. Yeah. So if people even, you know, go vegan one day a week. Right. Or there's a VB6 movement, vegan before 6 p.m. I think Oprah's doing a some kind of part-time vegan thing right now. Oh, I didn't know so, that. So, I mean, that's great. Yeah. Just moving in that direction. It's so much better for the planet. It's a huge issue for climate change. It um, is. Animal it is. agriculture. By some estimates, it's the majority of climate change is caused by animal right. agriculture. So who would have thought this staunch uh, attorney out there <laughs> pounding the ground for women was also saving the world with uh, these vegetarian habits and <laughs> taking care of the planet and the animals. And wow. I mean, you, you have such a nice balance. Um, the only thing I would do want to end on, because I think people will be curious, and I won't, so I'm going to go back to the cases, is that uh, this Jeffrey Epstein case, mm. I know you're representing five yes. of those victims. Yes. And it's such an unusual case because... Uh, obviously, because he died, and yeah, you know, mysteriously died, right? You know, who believes that? But uh, <laughs> right, that's a whole nother show. Yeah. Um, but so what? So people have asked me because they knew I was going to talk to you. What's what's going to happen with these women since yeah. you know he's passed? And I guess there's an estate, so mm -hmm. they they go up against the estate. I guess correct. Right? So yeah. we filed a lawsuit several months ago against him on behalf of two of our victims. We call them Jane Doe one and two because they want to be anonymous. And we're going to be adding more probably to that lawsuit. And yes, so after he died, uh, we made a demand on the estate that, frankly, I think all of his money should go to the victims. Not, Absolutely. You know, not just the ones I represent. All of them. Should, right. All the money should go to the victims. I mean, wouldn't that be justice? Right. And so I call upon the administrators of his estate to do in his death the right thing that he never did during his life, which is to find some accountability here mm -hmm. and to give some justice to the victims. You know, a lot of what I do is explain to people the damage that is caused by sexual harassment or sexual assault, which is profound and mm -hmm. lifelong, especially if you don't get treatment. And the more high profile somebody is, the more painful it can be. And when someone hasn't been through something, I don't think they understand. Right. Just like anything, if you haven't lost a person, you don't know. If you haven't divorced a person, you don't know. If you haven't been adopted, you don't know. So yeah, if true. you haven't been sexually molested, you cannot right. understand how that impacts somebody and breaks their spirit yes. and changes their life. Yes. People do not understand that. And right. I'm glad that 
people are finally mm -hmm. starting at least to try. Yeah, and yeah. so we're going to fight him, fight his estate if we mm -hmm. have to, if they don't do the right thing voluntarily. I know it was administered, his his will was administered in the Virgin Islands. If we have to go to the Virgin Islands, and that's where we're going to go. I mean, do you think I they'll always get assume, justice? Yes, I okay, always good. assume every case I file is going to be a huge fight. You right. know, these powerful people, they didn't get rich and powerful by just rolling over every right. time somebody made an allegation against them. So right. they're going to fight. I right. understand that. I expect that. Right. I'm not going to file a case unless I'm intending to fight it all the way through to the end. Right. Most of the time, we get victories for our clients. Yeah. Um, so we know how to do it, and that's what we expected in the Epstein case. How did they feel when he when he uh, was killed or died uh, or whatever happened? You know, so at that point, I represented two, and they had very different reactions because, of course, they're different people. And one of them said, I'm so angry that the jail officials allowed this to happen because now I won't see him face criminal liability because we've been mm -hmm. working right. with the criminal authorities right. too. So mm -hmm. she was so angry about that. The other one said, you know, I don't wish death on anyone, but it was kind of a relief. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. He can't harm anyone else ever again. I can see both of those And he can't come at reactions. me. He right. can't retaliate. They're all right. so afraid of the retaliation. Sure. And you know what? Even after his death, there's still a lot of fear because what about all of his associates who are out yeah, there? Yeah, even the person I mentioned that has put their stepdad away still always fears that they'd be released. And I understand that having been in that with them, I understand that fear of them being released from prison. Yeah, fear Terrible is the biggest fear. hurdle that my clients have yes. in all of our cases. I have a little sign in my office from the poet Rumi that says, fear is the cheapest room in the house. I wish that you could live in better quarters. Oh my God, I love that. Right? that we're going to end with that. Okay. Yes, because uh, if people are out there listening, they're part of... Uh, having the injustice of a Me Too happen to them. I hope they will reach out to the Bloom Firm or whatever uh, attorney they feel comfortable representing them. But I do hope they step forward because I always say, if you don't do anything, you're not empowering yourself and you're not helping other women. Mm. And so mm. sometime they need to walk through it and say, it's not about me. It's about... But it is because you'll about, heal. Because right. you'll heal. But it's also the bigger picture is how many other women you will help. That's and right. And that's often it's that it, first step is the yes, scariest. Yes. But if you reach out to an attorney, that first call, at least to our law firm, is always free. To I think it is to most and confidential. Yes. So you really don't have anything to lose by finding out what your rights are. Right. One of the problems are these time deadlines, right? So sometimes people will wait too long and then they call right. me and I have to tell them, oh, your statute of limitations expired last week. Right. So it's always better for people to reach out sooner. And what is that later. time frame? Well, it you know it's complicated. It depends. So in California. For for sexual harassment and employment, one year. It's about to extend to three wow. years, but not retroactively. One year. For sexual uh, uh, child sexual abuse in California, a window is opening in January where you can reach back, you know, I think 20 or 30 years, but you have one year. Uh, basically, the year 2020, you can reach back and file a lawsuit. In New York, there's a window that's just opened. Also, you can reach back for older child sexual abuse claims. If there's a sexual assault, it could be three years if you were an adult. So it's complicated. I'm so glad that you're <laughs> saying this, though, right. because I don't feel like that information is out there mm. for everybody to take in. So I hope right. somebody heard that today and yeah. they step forward uh, for to take just, advantage yeah, of some of these Yeah, just don't wait. If you're thinking about it, yes. you know, the statutes yes. of limitations, they and, help And if you don't know, just reach out and ask. Right, like exactly. Like you said, it's a free it's, call. It's a free call. Yeah. So what's the harm? Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you you're for so all lovely. you're doing.
I appreciate it. And thank you for tuning in. We hope that uh, this program makes a difference to you and uh, to you, you and your friends and family. Make it a great week. Hugs and happiness.